I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. this week's Lost of Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yourself? Marvellous. And as ever, we've uh, since uh, 2021 started, we've had a guest on every week, haven't we? And this week we're joined by the singing sensation, Sam Harrop. Sam, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Yes. Uh, you know, we're used to seeing you on the piano now, um, but before you were singing golf-related songs, uh, you did what we do now, don't you? you uh, you're on checker doing the golf tips, um, and we're welcoming back you into that, into that world. Yeah, that's uh, that feels like a while ago now, but yeah, yeah I used to uh, used to have my own uh, my own golf betting site back in the day. Um, yeah, and I did. Uh, I was Niall uh, Niall Lyons' predecessor on uh, on the odds checker uh, previews. Um, that lasted probably I don't know a couple of years, I think maybe two or three years. Um, but yeah, it was, that was good, that was good fun, and obviously I still have a I still have a dabble uh, on, on on the betting front. Um, you know, so yeah, my time is spent between that and uh, and singing about uh, singing about golfers basically. <laughs> singing about golfers that we tend to pick on in different parts of their game. Normally, with putting, it seems to be a key theme into that. <laughs> yes, well, but, it has to be putting, right? Because I mean, they're all like they're all such good uh, such good. You know, you can't really. You can't even rip it out of someone for being a you know a bad iron player because they're all so good, I guess. Yeah, and also you don't really want to do that either because they're a bad iron player, they're probably a bad player full stop. Whereas you actually want to take guys that can actually win in tournaments and uh, take the piss when there's a time That's in right. between. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Sam, what? How did you get started in that? Because obviously, as we can tell, you've you've probably been playing piano for a, you know a lot longer than just the videos you've been bringing out, and you can obviously sing a little bit. So, is that something that you did at a younger age as well? Yeah, so I've uh, I've been well singing and playing the piano from from pretty young age, from probably I reckon eight. Uh, I started having piano lessons, um, and uh, I was yeah singing sort of similar similar sort of age really. And um, uh, yeah, I've always kind of been been doing music, um, and I, I studied I studied music at university, and then uh, ever since then I've kind of my day job is in, in music, music publishing. Um, so yeah, I've always kind of been in the sort of the music world, and golf has been my my kind of other uh, my other main interest. Um, and actually, it's strange. I don't know, really know why it took me so long uh, to 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 come up with the idea, but I just sort of thought one day that I'd you know put them together uh, and see and see how it worked, you know. And I did, it honestly didn't think that it would anything would come of it, to be honest. I just when I did the my first song, the Tony Fino one, I just uh, <laughs> I got this idea in my head for the for the chorus and. Um, and I thought, well, I might as well just, I might as well flesh this out into a full, the full song, and then put it up on Twitter, you know, and uh, and see, you know, see what the reaction is like, you know. Um, <clears throat> and that, yeah, and that was it really. So yeah, it, uh, it that was that was February. That was ne- nearly a year ago now. That was the beginning of February last year, and um, and yeah, it, it, that that one went down so well that first one. That I I sort of had to do another one, uh, and then that one went down well, and so I just, you know, I just kept kept going. <laughs> And I'm still going now, so I don't know how long it'll last, but you know. Surely the um, and he's playing this week, as we know, he's making his return to the the, the Benny Ann one, is without question my favourite, and and I mean you know what he did for you after that was uh, was quite wonderful, really. Yeah, I mean that was incredible to be honest. Uh, I mean, 
you know, you know, having done the, the Tony funeral and even just, you know, him seeing him being interviewed on Sky Sports, I was like, wow, that's that, I can never imagine anything like that happening. And then and <laughs> Anne went and took it one step further and got his wedge engraved with the, you know, the chorus of the song. So that was <laughs> unbelievable. That really was. Uh, and uh, I asked that sort of towards the end of last year, I said, I, I thought well, I might as well send him a message. So I sent him a message on uh, on Instagram and I said, look, if you still got that wedge, you know, I know it's a cheeky request, but is there any chance you could send it to me just so I've got it as a kind of memento? Um, and he said, oh, yeah, I'll speak to uh, I'll, uh, I'll speak to Dan, his uh, his caddy. He said he's I think he's flying back out to the UK. Um, so I'll, 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 you know, I'll give him give him the club to, to, to pack and, he, you know, he can send it to you. And he did. Uh, like, yeah. So I got that just before just before Christmas, which was, uh, which was amazing. So I've got that as a, as a memento, which is, uh, yeah, that's. That's pretty special. I mean, it must be pretty surreal. I mean, you know, like you say, you put it out onto Twitter, and it's kind of guess of you know whatever happens happens. You know, I guess you probably expect a few of the guys, you know, we will follow you on there, and and for us to get you know a laugh out of it, enjoy it, share it about, um, yep. and then all of a sudden Tony Finau comments on it, and you're like, hang on a minute, like this yeah. is this is sort of well out of what I expected. Um, I mean, I yeah, exactly. must be strange. Unbelievable, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I thought exactly like you said. I expected that you know some of my my followers from from ages ago, you know, people like yourselves who you know we followed each other for for many years. I thought you know probably have a you know laugh at it, you know maybe like it. Um, but for it to kind of you know escalate to the point that you know that you know they, he Tony Fino himself kind of you know responds and says that he loves it, you know, and he's watching it with his. I think he said he was watching it with his. Uh, father-in-law or something and they were laughing all the way through it or something so you know that that was that was amazing really um and then yeah some yes yeah, some similar similar reactions really i mean yeah the, the ben Ann one was obviously the you know the the best one but then even when i did the phil phil mickelson one before the us open even he you know he kind of replied you know replied and said i feel inspired you know that that's amazing because he's like my you know my favorite player, player. Yeah. yeah so to get you know any whenever you know the player themselves that you've that you've done the song about kind of uh you know engages with it it's um it's great you know i guess some of the songs are more likely to draw engagement from the players and others and i i don't know whether lucas uh i don't know whether lucas glover will necessarily not, not sure he's allowed on social media but he's, <laughs> he's uh, what i just find amazing is you know like you say there was no expectations when you put one out then then suddenly you know one just goes viral and everyone really enjoys it and then it's, I suppose it's very difficult to follow up, right? Like, you know, if this is something you've put together and you've thought of a whole song after thinking of a chorus, and then you kind of, the weight of expectation of following that up, and everyone's, when's the next one? When's the next one? And it's a case of, like, oh, I've got to keep coming up with these. They're, they're not just as simple as just putting together in a day. Um, there's probably a bit of a weight expectation and, and trying to spice it up a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. There is, I mean, uh, it kind of, it's funny. I mean, I don't really, you know, it's it's just it's still really kind of something I do for fun. I mean, it's not really, obviously, I don't really necessarily get anything out of it in terms of you know monetary or whatever. But uh, it's something that I've, you know, there's sort of an internal pressure that I put on myself. And I'm like, okay, you know, when you know you get that kind of reaction to one, then you 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 know you don't want the next one to then to to sort of just pale in insignificance compared to that one. So you kind of have to really put some thought into them and, and make sure you've got the kind of the, you know, the lines in there that people are going to laugh at and that, you know, the right, you know, taking the right characters, um, you know, the, the player's got to be the right, the right type of player. There's got to be enough to kind of write about, you know, um, and, 
uh, yeah, it, 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 there is a bit of a bit of pressure to keep to keep kind of churning out hits, if you like. Uh, and it's, it's funny because you know I always when I yeah, growing up I would, wanted to be a kind of you know to be a musician you know for for a living, <clears throat> which obviously hasn't happened. But uh, in a way, I sort of I've kind of backdoored my way into it, but in in, in this sort of weird niche. But I feel the same pressures that I suspect you probably feel as you know you would feel as a as a musician where you, you know you maybe have a hit song and then you've got to try and follow it up with something that kind of tricky second al- album syndrome and all that. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I love the way you use the backdoor term there as well. That's going back to your, your initial odds checkers days of talking about Matt Kuchar, I imagine. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, it's wonderful stuff. And we, you know, every week I seem to moan about Tim Barter or Wayne Riley, but the one Tim Barter interview I did enjoy was when he was walking down the fairway with, with Eddie Pepperell talking about your song. That was quite a, quite a great moment to see on sky sports so that we're uh, obviously lucas glover's out today as you just alluded to so if anyone that hasn't seen that yet go over to twitter uh, i believe you've got a youtube channel as well haven't you sam you want to give that a plug while you're here i do yeah i did yeah so it's youtube forward slash sam harrop music i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's it yeah sam harrop we music, can yeah. fact check that while we're on the podcast and, uh, <laughs> and change that on the way but you know it, you know it's great fun as you said it's something that you know basically you you know you do for your own fun and and you're just glad that people enjoy it along the way so uh yeah. no pressure for an album but we look forward to it dropping soon <laughs> <laughs> thanks um but let's go into the golf um the two tournaments this week as we've got you on as our guest pundit if you like on the on the on the tipping back to your roots um yes. and we're into the abu dhabi golf championship jason um obviously for for people that don't know, I've, I spoke about this yesterday on the um, the Mayo Media Network as part of a new video show. So I've actually previewed this once before. Um, so there's some thoughts there, and I'll obviously stick to most of those things that I've said on there. Um, but I've had an extra day to reflect. Uh, but Jason, we've got Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas as joint favourites this week, which you would expect with those two in the field. Um, but favourites don't necessarily get the job done here, do they? Uh no, and you, you have to, whilst you understand why why they both have to be um, around about the prices they are, even though I think they're quite short, even at top form, um, I think you have to question their, well, first of all, JT's uh, motivation for being here. Obviously, you know, the, the law of uh, filthy lucre and, uh, you know, extra points. Although how many, you know, how many times he's actually going to bother coming over to, to add points to anything, I don't know. Um, so I, I just don't know why why JT's here to be honest with you, um, but nevertheless, so um, we we clearly know that he's you know absolutely top grade in the in the world, but um, it does help to have, seem to have helped to have a look here, and um, somebody of his class shouldn't matter, but there's enough distractions to be going on to think that um, there are plenty of players here that are certainly top class European players uh, and enough that are worldwide players. Um, either with more motivation, more course form, and perhaps less on their minds. So for me, we've, we've discussed it for ages, saying that, that JT's walking around like there is an issue. He's now um, uh, had a self-inflicted further issue um, on his back. And, and for me, I mean, I, I don't know anybody that could possibly back him at single figures around here. Whereas had he turned up last week at Sony, where he's got such a great record, um, you perhaps, you know, might have done. So, um not neither of them appeal it's i find it you know impossible they're, they're taking you know 32 percent 
um, out of the book. Uh, just those two, and, and anybody that wants to back them at that price can, you know, can have them with me probably because that's <laughs> awful. I think for me, if, if if JT had made that decision after the incident and decided to get out of the you know the bubble of the PGA Tour and and come here to sort of escape from it and play some golf without the distraction of the media over there, because I doubt that the European Tour press are going to be as sort of hard on him this week and, and question so much and expect him to go into it because they're just grateful that he's here. Um, but he's made that decision. He's already coming over. So I don't know what to expect. Sam, is there anything that you expect from those two? I mean, obviously, Rory's got a fantastic record here of a bunch of second and thirds, but never actually won, has he? Yeah, yeah, it's a trigger. I mean, you know, it's, it's looking at the looking at this one earlier on, and it's, it's amazing actually looking at McElroy's form figures that he that he hasn't he hasn't won it. <laughs> um, as for JT, I, I you know, I, I, it was it was a surprise to me that he was playing over here. I'm not. I'm not I'm not entirely sure what the kind of what the what the driver is for him to be playing this as opposed to the uh, the American Express, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I'm all for American players, you know, turning it up on the European tour generally. You know, hopefully, it's something we'll see we'll see more of um, with the sort of the announcement, you know, shortly before Christmas. Um, but yeah, I, I I would agree that I wouldn't be you know wouldn't be parting with my cash on uh, on, on JT this week at the at the prices really. You know, the first first look at the course, you know. Um, you know, with with the quality, you know, the the, the comparatively quality field that we that we've seen, um, yeah. a regular event. And, and that's the thing. I think that the the thing for me was not necessarily yet to have great course form, but just actually seeing it. Like you know, Martin Kaiman missed the cut on debut, and then went on to do what he's done. But you know, just having a look, and yeah, I think Ricky Fowler. I can't remember if that was on his debut or the second year that he'd visited here. He has won. Um, but generally speaking, these Americans come over the PGA Tour regulars and take up a massive part of the market, Jason, and and don't necessarily get over the line. So I think it's a good opportunity to get on board with some of the guys that you would expect to win um, and and do play the tour regularly. Yeah, I, I yeah, I mean, also going back to Rory, I mean, I think we we all agreed that we we don't see that we don't know why JT's here, let alone that we can see him being victorious. I mean, Rory's obviously got four, far better claims, but. Um, you go back on the stats of, of winners here, and it's um, it's tee to green all over the place. Um, it's finding greens. Okay, I mean Larry putted the lights out, but generally it's finding greens. You you, you know you, you can't just whack it and find it. Um, it does help to be on the short stuff. Um, you have got wins, so it does help you, you know to give yourself proper irons from fairways um, and be careful. And, and and Rory's sort of Rory's green stuff and, and greens and regulations isn't quite Rory McIlroy class and for me I think you have to question where's his motivation is he as hungry as he was through 2013 through to 2018 um, you know we've discussed before he's got a family we don't try and second guess their mental state because that's silly um, but I, I just wonder where he is in terms of grit and determination and uh, like I've said over the past few weeks you've got all these youngsters coming through as well now that are ready to go so early. Um, you, you even, I mean, I'm not saying he's finished by any means, but will he ever reach the heights that he, that he did before with, with so much competition? So, yeah, like I say, at six to one, yeah, I, I don't think you'll find anybody backing him at that. I, I really couldn't see it. Well, that's the thing for me is like, I would never discount Roy McIlroy. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago, he won three times on the tour, player of the year, etc. Um, you know, in terms of regular events, but this is a guy that's in a major drought now. I think we can call it that compared to his, you know, he's a victim of his own success because he was so good before that he's got a lot to live up to. Um, but like you referenced, this 
his tee to green game isn't well it's not like he's had a bad putting week before christmas or something and, and not had any form the last two starts that he's got over the last 15 weeks which is all he's played he's been 35th and 25th in tee to green so the game probably isn't where it needs to be and not only that it's his first start of the year which you know mm. looking at his form figures here it doesn't suggest that he actually struggles in his first start of the year but it might be the difference between him getting the win uh, and finishing second or third just that bit of rust maybe Yep, I think we're all agreed. Chuck them two out. Yep, get rid of those. So we, we're all off. We're all <laughs> off over to uh, Skybit or Sportsbook, where they bet without the first X amount, because we know that two of them we don't fancy anyway. <laughs> Let's go to the next group of players, Sam. We've got Tyrrell Hatton, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Tommy Fleetwood here. Um, Tommy Fleetwood is a two-time winner at this event, um, and Matthew Fitzpatrick and Tyrrell Hatton have both played well. Is is there any of those three that really stick out for you? Yeah, I mean that. That's tough. I mean. I, I generally, uh, and I, sometimes this doesn't this this uh, this doesn't always pay dividends. But I have this I have this theory that I go on that I don't back I never back someone to to win back to back tournaments, and that would be the case with uh, with Fitzpatrick. So I I I'd personally throw him out on that basis. <clears throat> I don't know whether it's the whether that's right or wrong, but I've, it's relatively rare that that that, that players win back to back. And I know there's been a few weeks between, uh, obviously when he last won because uh, it was before Christmas, but <clears throat> but yeah, I think great record here. So you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll 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 probably probably get himself a top ten. But I, I don't think I don't think he'll win. Tommy Fleetwood obviously has won it twice. <clears throat> Love the guy, great player. Looks like he's been doing some 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 work in the off season from what I've seen on uh, on Instagram stuff. So I suspect he's going to come out firing. I know that he he put out a thing basically saying you know uh, I, I can't remember the exact words, but basically as like you know you know 2021 is going to be a good year. And I think it will. Um, it's really hard these first events off, you know, this when when everyone's had a few weeks off to know who's going to come out kind of firing. Um, but uh, yeah, it, uh, for, for me, either either him, him or Hatton, both both look good. Flea was obviously got a much better record of the of the two of them, but you know, Hatton's you know he's got a couple of top tens here. Um, you know, I, I think he's someone who's, who's on an, on an upward curve in terms of his kind of career, um, and I think he's going to go on to win many more of these these type of events um, so yeah yeah i think it's it's very fair to say that any one of these five players can win i think it's also fair to say that you don't really need to go to some of this, these odds chase and i think that's something that we generally go to most weeks anyway um especially with with tommy i mean i think he's a fantastic you know um trying to think of the word but he's great for the tour he's, he's excellent ambassador back- for golf isn't he yeah He's he's fantastic. Like his, his attitude towards it, his honesty is refreshing. You, know, you alluded to that post that he sent about 2021 being a great year. He also spoke of his disappointment, didn't he, Sam, of how the how the year went just gone. Um, and I think there was a little bit of concern having a young family with with all the upheaval of the COVID and going between the two tours. And I think he just found it hard. Um, are you expecting anything different from this week, um, Jason, or do you just kind of see him having a good week and, and not really representing value? Should we watch him putt first before we go anywhere? They, they, ne- they never look. They never lose. They never lose that that um, that quality iron play. We know that. But um, yeah, but full respect to him. And, and as you say, yeah. But we have to look at it in the cold, cold light of Dosh and prices. And uh, whilst I'm sure he'll be there. Um, you know, we weren't convinced for the last six months about him putting. Um, and unfortunately, I think he's going to have to do that here. So um, I will have... Sam's right. We don't know how they're going to turn up. Normally, 
we have some indication that have played, even if it's once in America or South Africa, obviously would have would have wrapped over the Christmas and New Year period. Um, and we have no idea how they're going to come out. I mean, Hatton is is terribly impressive. Um, you know, the, the fact that he can, he wins at Bay Hill, a really difficult tournament, stays in America, misses the cut US Open, comes straight over here to win fantastically at Wentworth. Um, you know, he didn't look like getting beat in front. I know Perry's a little run at him, but he didn't look like getting beat in front. Goes straight over there. A uh, week later, he's third in the CJ Cup. Um, uh, you know, he goes top 10 Houston Open. Uh, wasn't great at the Masters, but, you know, we, we're not sure. You know, that was the Masters, and, and we're not sure how well he's suited there at the moment. Um, and then comes straight over from the RSM, which is relevant to the tournament on the other side of the pond this week, <laughs> um, and finishes top 10 at the DP and could have done better. I, I think Hatton is seriously impressive. I, I'm not saying he's the most likable person. Um, you know, you mentioned Tommy being a great ambassador for the game. Um, I thought I thought Hatton sort of endeared himself to the galleries by getting mic'd up a couple of times last year. I thought that was great fun. Um, it did show that he's extremely passionate um, about the game. He's seriously impressive. His tee to green, greens and regulation stuff is is stunning. And he looks absolutely, now he looks rock solid in front. So if he's there on over the weekend in the top four, I certainly don't see him moving backwards. Um, and he might be one. I mean, he, he may well be one, you know, if he if he comes off to an average start and a couple of names are up there, um, he may be one I'd jump on halfway or something. But, yeah, 12 to 1, 13, best, unlucky for some, um, especially if you can get on with those two books anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's he, he really is there because I, I do think he's, He's got another. It's like Sam said. I think he's got another level, and if he does find that, he's going to be a terrific. He's going to win loads. Um, but no, we'll leave him at the price. But regrettably, I think the thing with him, like you say there, that you know he he did sort of look a little bit dodgy and, and throw temper tantrums and things like that. Is that kind of stigma around him? But I think he's actually got a grip of that now. I think that yes, he still does lob a club, but then he just picks up the next shot and puts it straight by the pin. I think he's just. I think he's never going to get rid of that kind of fiery temper and getting frustrated with himself, but I don't think it ever boils over now. And if that is the case, then he's a dangerous player, isn't he, Sam? Yeah. I think there was a time where, you know, the, the, the word kind of petulant would have been thrown around mm. about him. And I think now it's, it's less petulant and more passionate, you know. Um, and, yeah, they will be, like you say, the odd club throw, but it's it's kind of, yeah, it's part of his, it's part of his you know, character and... Um, and it actually, in a way, probably makes him makes him a, a, a better player that he's 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 that passionate, and that's just the way that he he kind of shows it. In the same way that someone like Thomas Peters does to you know to less good results, but you know it's a, it's that same kind of thing. But I think deep down they're they're just both very very passionate players who don't who don't handle the you know the the, the bad shots uh, you know or, or at least don't don't kind of put a, a calm face on the bad shots like like other players can do. Yeah, I think you perfectly summarise that. Is it's gone from petulant to passionate, and and it does, it does fuel his game. I mean, even back when it was petulant and and out of you know out of kilter and not really acceptable, that was still the the thing that led to his early success. It's just now I think he's got it in control and and he's stepped up another level. Um, but my first bet of the week comes with Victor Perez. We just spoke about him uh, losing out to Till Hassan at the BGA. Um, you know, he was in that running for the Ryder Cup team and people kind of expected him to tail off and then obviously the the scoring for it and, you know, getting into the team was paused. 
Uh, he'll be keen still to make that, and I think he's got every chance of doing so. I think, you know, if it comes down to a pick, I think there's going to be people that are going to obviously get in ahead of him, but I think that he can still get there on merit. Um, he had a, you know, a bad spell after finishing second here and 16th for Dubai uh, at the start of last year, and before the lockdown, he really struggled and, and took a little while to come back, but he had a 22nd at the PGA Championship, 31st at Valderrama, 14th at the Scottish Open, 2nd at the PGA. Um, then he, you know, had a couple of disappointing finishes although this first Masters wasn't too bad before finishing 7th for the World Tour Championship and I just think now that he's had two looks at his golf course both times the first time it was 54th place or something like that but he had a second round 65 and then finished for a closing 63 last year as well I just think he's he's banging form and and like I said on the show yesterday um, at the Mayo Media Network it was a case of you know these kind of players that you've got in this range now are going to be the favourites in three or four weeks' time once this Middle Eastern swing's done and, and the guys like Rory and JT are no longer there, Tyrrell's not there, Fitzpatrick, etc. You know, these guys are going to be the top dogs in the field. So if you like, if you want to back them, there's probably now's the time to do it. And I just thought 30 to 1, there was enough in that for me, Jason, to, to stick him in. You know, you know my feeling. Um, I mean, look, you can't knock what he's doing. He was, his ball striking, you know, his iron striking is is a tremendous thing, a tremendous attribute that he's got. Um, you know, there's links form everywhere that you look on, on results um, for this tournament, as there, as there generally is when it comes to the desert, you know, Qatar, Abu Dhabi, um, and but you know, it's there, you know, and he's got it. You know, you can't do more than win the sort of the Dunhill links. Um, you know, it's there in front of you in the title. So there, there's his qualification for me. I'm not saying he's overrated. I think he's underpriced. Um, but I appreciate this in context. You know, if you've got, you know, Rose at, at virtually the same price behind him, who really hasn't done a lot for a while and he's probably on the back end of his career, uh, Perez is certainly coming forward. So I, I can see where you're going with it. Um, there's something that I can't put my finger on. His, his figures say that, you know, he'll be there. His form says he'll be there. There's just sometimes there's just something and, and um, you know, I'm human and I don't just work off stats, but um, there's something about him that I, I, I'm not convinced as yet. That That's all I'll say. The thing for me is that I generally don't back him because I think he's too short and, and I just think it's an opportunity to get involved with him and it looks like a suited tournament. Have you got anything to add to that, Sam? Well... As I said, when when I start off looking at looking at these events, I tend to uh, I tend to decide who I like first before I even take a look at the at the odds. Yeah. So I can get like a shortlist before even taking a look, and I decide, you know, and and, and this, you know, just in my head, roughly what sort of price that I think they're going to be. And actually, Victor Perez was one of the first names that came out of me. I thought actually he could be a good a good outside bet this week. And then when I came to look at the prices, I was like, okay, I was I was expecting more in the kind of one <laughs> plus range. So. I kind of, yeah, I'm kind of with Jason on that a little bit. I mean, I, I, I think he's got good claims here, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go close. But yeah, thirty to one best price is a little short. I don't know. He maybe he looks like he opened up bigger than that, but at the moment, thirty to one is, yeah, probably not quite enough to tempt me in with a player of, uh, you know, with with the sort of the players around him at, at kind of similar prices. I mean, you got, you know, Shane Lowry thirty three to one. You know, um, you know, Westwood, you know, defending champ thirty three to one. Does he de- does he deserve to be ahead of those you know ahead of those two in the market? I'm I'm not sure. I think I'd take him over Shane Larry, but Westwood is obviously someone we're going to come on to in a minute because you know mm. 
he's been phenomenal for you know we obviously won the race of Dubai last year eventually uh, which I was really pleased about because of the people that could have won it um, he was fantastic in this tournament last year it's been great to see him uh, rejuvenate himself with you know everyone's still crossing their fingers that he might get over the line in the major I think if he's going to do it he's got to do it this year there's a couple of decent opportunities for him um, so he'll want to keep his form going I don't think he's he doesn't seem so motivated by the Ryder Cup. I think he, I saw an interview of him before and he kind of said, you know, I'm kind of done playing with it now. He'd like to be a captain. Um, I still think he'd play, you know, if he had the opportunity to do so. Um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of merit in, in Lee Westwood. I, you know, Shane Lowry, I find it really hard to um, get right. I, you know, I think I've only kind of picked him on here once. Um and it was generally because I thought he was a massive price and it was in it was in America and I think that's where he's kind of trying to peak his game for every time now. And the win that he got here uh, a couple of years ago, just everything sort of defies statistics. He didn't play that well ball striking wise. He just putted excellently and got up and down when he needed to. Um, and I think that's kind of hard to replicate and then he missed the cut the following year. Um, so that would be anything I'd say on him. Um, yeah. Any others in this range at all? Well, the, the, so the other name that came out to me, uh, aside from Perez, when I was just doing the initial kind of research, was uh, was Wiesberger, because I think uh, I think he's a he's a quality player. Obviously, he had a, a little spell kind of in in the doldrums, but he's sort of you know he's come back. You know, he's got he's got a really good record. Here, you know, he hasn't won here, but he's you know he's had th- you know, three top tens in the last what, six years. Um, you know, great ball striker, um, just. You know, he knows how to win. Uh, I think he's, I think he's, uh, uh, he he's the one that sort of that, that stands out to me in that kind of you know just below the kind of the fa- the favourites kind of uh, area. What I found really interesting about him is, like you say, he was in the doldrums for an awful long time, and he came back with such a plum, didn't he? Uh, you know, with was it three victories in 2019, um, mm. and some other great finishes there as well. It was you know it was a real surge back to form, and this is a player that we know can obviously get the job done I and mean, he's got 10 victories you know across the professional game so excellent player and just before Christmas he had uh, the tideful finish at the RSM over on the PGA where he had a good chance to win and then finished eighth in Dubai as well so I think that he's certainly got uh, excellent attributes no Jason you're not the biggest burnt Wiesberger believer are you but there, there is no. it's hard to deny his opportunity you know like Sam said he's got three top tens in the last six years here yeah, another one. Another one where you know the figures do stack up. I, 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 there's probably a fair, fair chat from 15 years ago as we were discussing, where Riesberger. I remember. I'm sure it was his home event. I'm sure it was the Austrian. Um, and he was bang in the middle of the fairway every single time, and he overshot the green, undershot. He just couldn't hit a green even from 120 yards. He's obviously a different player here, but the scarring has never left. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, you know. Look, you can't back them all. Um, yeah. I think Sam Sam makes a point. I think we do. We do, and most people will look at a look at a list or look at um, an entry list and, and certain courses, and instantly there are certain players that come to mind. Yeah, Wiesberg is the type that I think you know will, will be a top ten. But again, I I really find it hard to, to press the trigger on on sort of him winning. Um, just just one of them, isn't it? You know. Yeah, the other the other thing that the other thing to mention about and the other reason that he he sort of stood out to me is that last year, so he you know he played really well for the, the sort of three rounds last year, or at least on Saturday shot sixty five, and then on on Sunday a seventy two, which was basically the worst round pretty much in the in in the field, 
uh, bar a couple of players towards the bottom. You know, he, and if he'd have shot just an average round that day, then he would have been probably tied second with you know with Fitzpatrick and uh, Fleetwood and Perez, who we mentioned. So you know, even though he finished tied eighth in the end, it could should have been a lot better than that. But um, but yeah, point. I I I completely know where you where you're going, Jason. There's some players who you just you don't have the faith in just just from you know bitter experience or just you know following events or maybe just one time you've backed them and they haven't well, and they haven't played as well as you expected and there's everyone's got players like that right so. well you know we'll, we'll come on to a player later that that I've had a go at like for most of last year after a certain event but I've got him down and it's it's purely a price thing it's purely the, the you know the, the the benefit of a price of a place payout um Beesberg has got I can't believe Beesberger you know, reach number one over here at a point, and and I'd still am amazed by it. But yeah, fully respect the figures are in front of you. It's just a feeling, um, and I've got 126 running for me. So there we are. <laughs> I'm I'm going to just jump in and have my the second pick of mine, and it's uh, if we're worried about Viesberger's claims, it's going to be a bit of a shock when I say that I do think Martin Keimer can get back in the winner's circle. Um, Jason, though, you've uh, still hung up on him at Valderrama last year. Um, Six years now, nearly seven since his last victory. I just think he is going to get one soon. I think he was was showing stuff last year to say that he can win again, should have won again. You know, that is obviously the obvious hang-up. But he's had three wins here, should have had four, and has another second as well. Uh, Even when he's been playing badly, he's, he's kind of finished in the top 25 here without really, you know, being at his best eighth last year as well i just think if he's going to get it done he's going to get it done soon and i think this is the perfect spot for him he's got um you know rider cup ambitions he you know i think he's in a couple of the majors just from his previous experiences but he needs to be uh in the top 50 to get in the masters and he said last year how much it sucked being at home watching out on the sofa um if you believe in the talent of martin keimer and the fact of, of how impressive he was as a front runner and a winner in the past i would certainly say he can he can reclaim that and i'm confident he can do that this week at abu dhabi yeah should he have won the uk uh andrew lucia yeah of course he should have won should he have won the uk yeah probably should have won that <clears throat> you know um uh look look it was it was look I, I i of course you get annoyed when you you know if you're if you're going down uh valderrama against a maiden you've got martin keimer you, you know you, you're entitled to think you're going to win um but these figures, I mean, they're right in front of you. You know, obviously, you know, we're looking at them. Tom, we use tourtips.com, as you'll no doubt plug later on. Um, <laughs> you know, and if you just look at them, it's stunning. I mean, tee to green, you know, he finds six, four, five shots on the field. Um, eight at the UK, he's nearly seven at Valderrama. Same tournaments, he's finding four, five, six, nine shots on his approach. Um, and, and there are just things that don't click for him. But there's no question he's he's shown a huge degree of class. I mean, he ranks fourth in tee to green for 2020. Uh, he's top 10 in greens in regulation. Um, it's just, it, it isn't far away, is it? Um, it really isn't. There's just tiny, tiny things going wrong. And what's surprising, even if you look at those stats, even even when he's finding there, he's finding five or six shots on the putting surface. I, I, you know, I haven't seen that. I don't know if you have. Um, but he's just struggling to get it done when he misses the green um, and he's given shots away to the field in, in that respect here. I don't think if he hits greens, I, you know, he's not going to be doing that. And uh, yeah, I, I can completely see 
where you're going with it. We, we know he loves the course. I mean, um, somebody can bring up the Gary style thing when, you know, I'm <laughs> was, you know, a distance clear and should have won. Um, I really don't know what happened then. No, nobody really will do. Um, but look, look, he's, he's pure, pure class. He showed it again last year. Like so many did. I mean, McDowell came, came back and won earlier on in the year. Obviously, we'll, hopefully we'll talk about Lee Westwood sh- shortly. Um, and Kyme is of that generation and he's perfectly capable of winning a tournament judged on, on what he's doing. Yeah, no problem. Well, a couple of things I just want to touch on there you, you mentioned is that when I was doing a show yesterday, Skyler, who I was doing it with, mentioned that you know a lot of people group his chipping woes as a, as a short game issue full stop and, and don't see him as a good putter. And I think he is still a capable putter. It's just that mm. when he does miss those greens, he's horrendous. And, and it is awful. It's definitely you know borderline yips around the greens. Um, I just think that if he's going to miss any greens here, which he, you know everyone does, these are going to be the kind of surfaces that he can chip off. Um, and I, I, you know, you just think that this is a guy that, you know, he's a major champion, twice a major champion, won the US Open by eight strokes. Um, you know, I mean, you don't get that every week. And the other thing you mentioned there was Graham McDowell winning so recently. You know, at the Saudi International, if he can come back after you know years without winning, there's absolutely no. You know, no denying that Martin Kymer can do it. And, you know, he's only 36 still. It's not like he's over the hill. Um, he's still got, you know, you could arguably say that if he got back to his form this year, he's got another good 10 years ahead of him. You don't know what he's going to do in that time, Sam. Is there anything you've got to say on him? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm a massive Martin Kymer fan. Uh, again, like Fleetwood, I think he's a really good ambassador of the game. Whenever you see him interviewed, he just seems like such a, you know, down-to-earth and, you know, open, open guy. And, you know, but, you know, from a personal bragging perspective, one of my best winners when he won the US Open at, at Pinehurst. And, and he, you know, he's obviously a quality player. And I, I firmly believe that he will win again this year. The only thing I'll say is I don't personally think it's going to happen. this. I think it will happen in a weaker field when he does when he does get that win. I mean, I, I just I slightly worry about, you know, when you look at the depth of this field compared to, you know, Valderrama, where, you know, he probably should have won. Was actually a really poor field comparatively, mm. um, and then you know even the other events where he, you know the Italian Open after that he was tied fifth again not you know a reasonable field but not nothing like this kind of this kind of quality and then you look at the two Dubai events before before Christmas and you know he was kind of average in, in both of those uh, just I think it might be a leap for him to then suddenly go go and win this one uh off, off the back of that in you know in, in one of the sort of strongest fields that we'll probably see all you know all year on the european tour so i yeah i think he's gonna have a big season not for me this week i think the thing the the logic i kind of applied to it was for me kaima doesn't get beat by others he just beats himself um and like you say there you know i think to me if he's a shorter price in a weaker field i think he's just as likely he's beat himself in a weaker field as he's this one and i think i'll just take him at the course that i know he's done it at three times because if he gets himself in contention on a Saturday um, goes to bed that night he knows he's already done it three times should have done it four or five times here um, he's going to know every blade of grass uh, he doesn't care who he comes up against unless it's John Catlin um, <laughs> we, we shall see um, I just argument, I, argument, yeah. yeah I think it's one of those things where a little bit of it is kind of a hope he comes back and, and I don't I don't just bet based on that you know that theory but i do i do generally believe he's a decent price i think that you know there's a lot of stock going into the fact that he hasn't won for so long we've just seen harris english come back after seven mm. years of not winning and that was the kind of thing for me that 
you know, don't throw these people away and discount them so soon because, I mean, it's not so soon. It's been six years, but it's, you know, these people can turn it back. And it's just, for me, the narrative of trying to get back in that world's top 50, getting to those major fields and getting to the Ryder Cup. He's got the Olympics that he said he's looking forward to as well. Um, I just think it's a big year for him as well, like you said. Uh, Jason, over to Lee Westwood. Yeah, you know, you talk about um, putting a tournament up and then thinking about who you want to see um, entered, and then you're very interested to see their price. Lee Westwood was priced at 40 to one last week. I can't believe I wasn't on. Um, he was priced at 40 to one earlier on in the week, which I, I, I simply cannot understand. Um, you know, we discussed that about the McDowell, the Westwood, the Kaim. If there's anybody that's rededicated himself to the game, it's Lee Westwood. You mentioned Ryder Cup. He's a certain captain of the future. Um, he's a lot more relaxed now. Obviously, you know, he's older, he's wiser, um, he's less miserable. He's obviously got, you know, <laughs> he's happy in his personal life. Um, he's bulked up, um, you know, tremendously. Looks extremely fit now. Um, and to be honest, you know, people have a go at Lee Westwood. I, I remember, you know, you'd laugh at Lee Westwood because he wasn't winning. He's won 41 times. He's had four blank years in the last 12. Um, and he contends in majors. Um, and he came back last year, and I just thought he was tremendous. I mean, his game, it wasn't out of the blue, you know. Um, it was 11 tee to green, first in driving, actually, which is always going to help around here. Top 10 greens in reg. Strokes gained putting, he was third. Now, if, you go, if you're going to hit, if you're going to rank top 10 in greens in regulation and 11th in tee to green and top five in strokes game pattern, you're going to, you've got to go very, very close. But it wasn't just that. It was what he'd done after that. Um, you know, you forgive the British master because he was acting pissed every night being host, I suppose, on his own, obviously, because of COVID. Um, and then he stuck in just a whole load of, of really decent top 15, top 20 performances that weren't just middle of the road. So they weren't just Valderrama. You know, um, US Open 13th, which absolutely tremendous performance um, over there. Uh, came back over here and, and then went to the Masters, which we know he loves Augusta. That wouldn't have been uh, a Masters that favours him, um, given that everybody could hit greens. Um, so therefore, his accurate play didn't really count. He still hit 68 first round. And then just knocking off before Christmas, um, there he is watching Patrick Reed um, come over for the second time and saunter to... Uh, to the title and um, Reed couldn't get it going and uh, there he was coming from a little bit behind Lee Westwood and, and it, it was great to be honest it was great to see him second and see him win that win the title last year was was absolutely amazing he was golfer of the year for me um, despite what you know one of our favourites DJ did it was just the way he had come back from he, he could have gone on and just played and got top 30s in, in a few of the minor events but um, he bookended the season with a win, the second in top-class events. Um, he obviously loves it here. Uh, you can win, you know, win this again, as we've seen. Casey's won twice, Kymer's won three times, um, Fleetwood's won back to back. I know it's difficult, but just the way he finished last year in in a fantastic field in what are going to be very similar conditions, I, I thought 33-41 was at least five points too big. Um, and I'm very, very happy to be on at top eight. No problem at all. Sam, I think you'd echo those, those sentiments after the same what you were saying earlier as well. Yeah, I mean, the the the, the, thing, the thing that I always... And, and, and this is similar to what I was saying, everyone. I never really... Uh, I never 
I never back uh, players who are trying to go back to back, but it's the same with defending defending titles. I I, I generally would would uh, would avoid that. Um, that said, Tommy Fleetwood's done it here. Uh, you, know, you know, defended defended a title. So no reason no reason Westwood can't. You know, yeah, he's had a brilliant season. Obviously, had a fantastic season, and, and in a way, he's sort of he's got nothing to prove anymore. So which is you know takes the pressure off his off his game. I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll have a, he'll have a big week, but um, uh, again, he's not, not one that I would be, I'd be backing. If, if we're looking now into the range between, say, where we just left Lee Westwood down to sort of like eighty to one, Sam, is there anyone there that you like? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, in, in uh, honestly, in, in that price range, not, not particularly. Um, I say Beesberg is the is the one that stands out, and then looking between that, you've got, you know, there's there's a lot of quality players who are maybe not in the in the best of form, uh, so I wouldn't back them for that reason. Or you've got players who haven't played, uh, haven't seen this course before, or or played it enough to kind of have the to have the knowledge of it. So it sort of then jumps up to kind of the, the triple figure ones. But I'm, I'll I'll let you guys lead with that. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. That, that was the thing that Sam said. There is a lot of my thoughts. So we had. Um, you know, you, we talked about Laurie Cantor a lot last year. I said I'd rather back him in a field where he's, his number's a bit deeper. He hasn't played here. Um, you know, Wilco Nine, Abe's going to be playing here for the first time. Um, Sammy Valamaki, I believe, is here for the first time as well. So those are the three guys that stick out to me from a price perspective. But um, I'd have the concern they haven't even had a look at the golf course. Um, and, and that would put me off enough to, to kind of take them on another week. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I have to go back a little bit and uh, mention Andy Sullivan, who hasn't got the greatest of course form, but another one in a, in a different way, who's dedicated himself uh, to the game and, and results showed. Uh, and I know that he can lose himself a bit. If he's not in contention, he does tend to go for a wander. Um, but, you know, he, he absolutely, you know, this is, these are his his events, you know, uh, Dubai, um um, Jabai links courses. Uh, they come very, very, very alike to him. Um, last year, he was top of the tee to green stats for for ages. Um, again, he's top five in greens and regulation, as you'd expect. Uh, he's putting when he's on. He's you know excellent. He's fifth in birdies. Uh, he was fourth in bogeys. Um, top twenty in par three, four, and five, which is very surprising. When he was on, he should really, as we all know, have won the. Um, uh, the golf in Dubai the week before, um, after yeah. that first round 61, that that was uh, that that was old Andy Sullivan, I think, on the Sunday. I thought he basically threw that away. Uh, Rosner came through, but really, despite yeah. how well he played, should should really not have got within a couple of him, um, and that was disappointing. So, I, I thought he was worth a mention, despite the fact that he's he's 40 to one. I know there are quite a few out there that will want a little bit bigger than that. Um, I just find his iron play is, is stunning. And when he's on, he's on. Um, it'd just be interesting to see how he comes out this year. Because he had he had a, what I would consider a stellar year for him. Um, I know the tournament he won by, you know, 15 miles wasn't this great. But there's, there's something there. And, and it, I think he just needs to be a little bit harder. It's very similar. It's like Westwood. We all thought he was a bit flaky. Um, despite all his wins. We all thought he was a little bit flaky. And he's discovered some steel and whether it's maturity or 
or you know you go through the the stresses and strains of your of your 20s and 30s i'm still going through them in my 40s um you go through stresses and strains of that and then eventually life just becomes easier i don't know but it, it was of definite interest if if the skill set required um you know remains the same absolutely yeah and that's the thing i think that he is like you say he has rededicated himself i think both him and westwood not not necessarily similar careers but um they've both had off course issues i think in their personal lives that they've kind of come back from i think that andy sullivan had that little period of time anywhere he was in a rider cup where you know he was the lad of the tour and everyone was really you know just he was a jolly guy and everyone sort of lent on that and i think he kind of had to get out of that come away rededicate himself to the actual game and his craft um and you know he's still cheery he's still a laugh but he actually takes things a little bit more seriously um and just go from there and i think that that's starting to show now in the last year or so um my next pick is at 100 to 1 um jason i know you're a massive fan of this guy it is jordan smith he was 110 to 1 when i did the show yesterday um on the european tour picks and bets but he's 100 to 1 still with seven places and as i said there he's just he loves the middle east you know he's, both his challenge tour wins are in the middle east and egypt and and your UAE. Um, he's played well here in the past, 11th and 21st, 6th and Amman, 7th in the Desert Classic, nearly won the DP World Tour, but for a poor final round when everyone's gunning for him to win the race of the bye. Um, he can't putt. This is, you know, it's as simple as that. He is a, you know, an awful putter, uh, one of the worst on the tour um, at the moment, anyway. But he has got win. You know, he has won in the past. He has been a a regular on the top of the European Tour leaderboards. He's been top 10 in the PGA Championship. So there's a lot to like about him. And and if he is ever going to putt well this season, I think it would be on this little Middle Eastern swing. You'd hope, wouldn't you? He's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a huge fan of him. Again, there are so many of these. Of these the, the differences between, we say it every week, and, and Sam has been doing this for 100 years, but we're, we're sure we'll agree. You know, the difference between being top 10 and being between 30 and 40 is so minute. It can be a shot and a half around. Um, and unfortunately, Jordan gives away six, seven shots to the field on the greens. Um, he, he does not the odd 30 footer in, doesn't he? They always like to show him on the 17th when he's just about to get 12th or something. Um, but, you know, it, 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 the amount of five and six footers that he misses, you know, and, and below is just shocking. I don't know why. You know, he's, he's some of his best form was over there in the Algarve. Um, obviously, he won the Challenge Tour. He, he before that he won on the Algarve. He won on the on the minor tours, and he was a good putter. So I I really don't know what's happened. Whether it's a confidence thing. I think he's the uh, he's the, the the Lucas Glover of the European Tour. <laughs> he's going to be the next on the hit list, Sam. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he's second. I'm just just look look at me. He's second in greens in regulation on European Tour. Yeah. Last, you know, last season. You know, that's. That's mental, really. The fact that you know it just shows, you know, it's all it's all down to the putting. And you know, I'm I'm someone I I really struggle to to back a player who I, who I know has putting issues because you just sort of think when it comes to the crunch on on a Sunday, do you have faith in that player to 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 make enough putts to to get the job done when there's going to be plenty of other players you know chasing him down, unless he manages to build up a kind of you know five six shot lead. Uh, which in this sort of field is, is is unlikely, and you know. But then you know, it's uh, he's he's a hundred to one, you know, and there's ten places up for grabs, you know, in in places. So 
you know, it could be could be a good, uh, you know, a good good value kind of each way bet. Not sure I see him winning it, but stranger things but, have happened. That was the way I was going. You know, I'm I'm very much the same. I, you hear people back ball strikers every week because they think they're going to turn it around. Um, and and I gently remind them that the reason they're so good at ball striking and so poor as putting is because that is where they excel. I mean, we've been waiting for Keegan Bradley to turn it around for the last five years. You know, the, you know if you can't hold a putt, you can't hold a putt. I've watched Grillo when he was in the hunt at you know Mayakoba, and he just as soon as it came down to trying to win, um, you know he wasn't even within a body's length for the hole. So he's, you know, it is a worry. But when you look, you talk about his greens and regulations, just from his from a tee to green perspective and strokes gained. Um, over the last 15 weeks, 1st, 16th, 5th, 3rd, 3rd, 37th. So, mm. you know, every part of his game, apart from when he gets to the putting green, is terrible. And to me, it's just a case of, right, he clearly loves the Middle East. There must be something about the green surfaces, must be something about the weather, the hospitality, whatever it is, he loves this part of the world. He's 100 to 1 when, you know, in, in six months' time he's in Portugal, unless he's fallen off a cliff and really has one arm and doesn't just putt like it. Um, he's going to be probably 35, 50 to one for that sort of event. I'd rather strike on him when there's a you know each way value into him rather than trying to rely on him to win. Yeah, good argument. Yeah, well, yeah, right. I agree with that. Um, Jason, my next pick is at 160 to one. So I don't know if either of you two have got anything between the 100 and 161 range. Yeah, I got I got one. Go. On. Uh, well, Jamie Donaldson. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, showed some really good stuff, you know, last year. I, I, I felt like I had money on him in one of the Cyprus events, which I, I felt like maybe he should have won, or, or at least he, I wouldn't say threw away, but certainly certainly threw away a good opportunity. You know, he's won here He's won here in the past. Obviously, this is seven, no, eight years ago now that he won here. And his last couple of results haven't been so great, but they've been kind of really drawing a, a spell where he hasn't been playing good golf. But, you know, in the last... Six months, he's he's been playing, you know, some of the best golf of his career again. Something has obviously clicked with him. Um, you know, who knows what it is, um, but he looks like he's coming back, coming back to his uh, somewhere near his best. Um, and I think, you know, in, in sort of, you know, the prices here, where he's you know, 100, 110 to one uh, is the best at the moment. But I think again, could could, could represent each way value, and you know, he 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 can win. <clears throat> um, it's been a while since he's done it, but you know you mentioned Harris English earlier. Could be a similar, you know, similar sort of story to that. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe I must have had sort of a you know, foggy brain because when I did the show yesterday, he was one of the guys that I picked up on, and I couldn't quite back him because uh, I'm going to sort of counteract the argument I just made with Smith, but I just couldn't. I could see him playing well, maybe not winning. My concern would be his back. I mean, he quite often, I think in, even in Cyprus, when you say that, that he nearly had a chance to win, I think there was points where he had to literally lay down on the fairway because he was in so much pain. So, um, But when you look at his actual current form, he's one of the best in the field at the moment. You know, a ninth, third and second at the tail end last year. Um, his tee to green game is absolutely phenomenal as well. Um you know, fourth, second, and fourth in recent starts. He's ninth best in the field in tee to greens, gaining a load of strokes. Um, Jason, I know you're a fan of Jamie Donaldson as well. Is there any interest for you here? I think just, I think you've covered it really. We we watched him last year. We we did get on a couple of times. It may well have been Cyprus. I I, I can't remember. I think it probably was. Um, and I agree with you. I think when he was one third, he was he was was he in front and he started um, having to do exercises on the green and everything like that. 
he's a lovely he's a he's a great ambassador isn't he he's another one you know of that i say older you know what i mean by of that generation that westwood you know is of that generation um another one that came back last year i mean nobody would have expected him to to perform quite as well as he had done um and he does he he, he does like the middle east obviously he's won here before um I'd rather see evidence that he's back again this year after after you know a four week five week break, um, just to see how he is. Um, I think there'll be tournaments where I can I can fancy him. I'm not I'm not convinced that I can see him up there um, this week. I don't think his credentials um, allow me to believe that, to be honest with you. But yeah, you know, I can't argue. He's 110 to one. He's not 40, so. Yeah, well, I think the thing with me was, and it was something that I sort of said about Laurie Cantor, it's something I attributed to Richard Bland, both of those oh. that didn't get wins, that I think they they benefited from having no crowds there. Um, you know, we're playing a lot of resort courses last year. It was all very comfortable, um, you know, English English style courses that they could just get on a run of form and, and not really have anything to worry about. And once it comes to Globetrotting again, when, you know, Donaldson's got to sit on a plane all the time, um, whether that's an impact so that was the only concern for me because like Sam said there's there's an awful lot to like um, and and like you've both said he's a winner you know he's won the Irish Open he's won this two very big events on the tour um, he's won in Thailand he comes second in WGC not you know back in 2014 which is the last time Buddy Martin Keimer won so there's not much to uh, to worry about there I think he was a top 10 of the players uh, 2015 as well so there's everything there is to like about him he's probably still hung over from the Ryder Cup I think which is possibly a potential hazard um, and especially in this sort of country but yeah you know he's a great guy it'll be really good to see him win and if he is back then that'll be really good for the game of golf especially on the European Tour because he's someone that will dedicate his whole time here and, and not go off to the PGA Tour once he finds some form um, my, my final pick was Francesco Laporta I did the show yesterday um, and you know, his odds weren't out. He was a late addition to the field. And the main reason for it was, I was looking back at last year's results, and, and I was looking sort of, you know, in, in the top 20 and who played well, and he was tied 17th. And then you remember that he was in the lead after two rounds, um, and everyone expected him to go backwards because Lee Westwood was there, and he stayed right in touch, and he was only one behind going into the final day. Obviously, he did finish tied 17th, which suggests that you know, he threw it away. Um, but when you're coming up against the likes of Lee Westwood, you've got Tommy Vliet with Matthew Fitzpatrick finished second as well. Louis Eustazen was up there. Bernd Wiesberger, Martin Kimer, all these names around you. Sergio Garcia, you know, you're going to feel an immense amount of pressure. Um, and, and the thing that really solidified it for me was he had that second place finish behind Antoine Rosner at the Golf and Dubai Championship just before Christmas to sort of suggest that he does like playing in this area. I think he kind of practices a lot uh, in the Middle East. And I think he's really changed his game around. You know, he, he's a guy, he's not young, he's 30. He's been to the European Tour, dropped back. But he had two wins on the Challenge Tour in 2019. Should have been three, lost to Conor Simi in the playoff. Um, you know, he had plenty of great finishes there. And I think he's now, he's going to be the inconsistent type and it's going to be hard to get him right. But if there's a sort of course that suits him and, you know, an area that suits him, I think he's decent value at 100 60 to 1 is 5 places so there's 150s for 7 places as well anything on that Jase? Um, take your pick out of you know him Paratore uh, Shank Wien Longesk you know um, that, yeah you know 
take your pick. I think they've it's, all it's got. Hard, it's hard to see yeah. these guys down here winning, isn't it? It's, these are now sort of each way value. I think, although I said at the start that favourites don't win this event, it's still someone from the top of the market that generally gets the job done. It's very, very heavy on top, isn't it? Uh, and we're talking players that maybe will be coming through as as the sort of bigger names go over and and play the play the bigger events maybe in the states or or you know qualify for the bigger events over here they, these are the players that we're hoping come through um i can't see it myself um but there is a host of, of three figure players there that um could potentially improve at any point um you know you've got it's funny because you've got a more week up so i like paratore um not saying you'll win here or anything but uh, Rasmus Hogard, you know, 125. I know he went off the boil. Um, but players like this are, are going to be around in, in three, four, five years' time. Um, I, I just wonder. I, I, don't, I, I can't have Laporta, to be honest with you. Um, I thought Rosner was incredibly impressive when he beat Sullivan. Um, but then I think that was a two by his name, really, because I think Sullivan gave it to him. Um, yeah, take your pick out of, out of any of those at 100, 125, 130, 140. Um, and hope you get a top 10. I, I I can't put my finger on one, to be honest with you. That's me done for the event, unless you guys have got anything else to add? No, nope, nothing else from my end, I don't think. But, you know, no, it could be I, an I, They could rob a rock, you know, that's a while ago now, but that's... Yeah. There's no Tiger to scout this week, is there? So he's uh, probably not interested. But Just yeah. very quick, quick one-lines. Uh, Robert McIntyre, we didn't we didn't cover. Um, you talk about Till Hatton going mental when he misses an obvious one um you know mcintyre doesn't hide his frustrations or anything um massive improver starting to show what everybody thought of him um a couple of years ago um big year for him this year obviously as we all know he wins the open in 2022 so get on now um you know <laughs> it's like but, when you bat but, your son for an england cap sorry you know, it's like when you bat your son for an england cap at 100 one yeah well, um <laughs> Yeah, so I'll be interested to see how, how McIntyre goes second time around this track. Um, and I have to mention Sammy, Sammy Valamaki, who everybody loves, don't they, surely? Um, awesome putter, 17th last year in green regulation. Um, can hit the ball. He's accurate. His own man victory was was the balls of steel. Um, and he's a fantastic putter. Um, so if he wants to grab Jordan's putter, um, yeah. You know, we might be on a winner there. Well, I said, I said, even if the caddy takes his putter, it'd be all right. It's just, I don't think that's allowed. But, but I, I just thought, Sammy, this is Sammy's first time around the gaff, and um, it was obviously his first time around a man, Oman as well. Uh, I know it's a harder tournament, but he doesn't seem phased by by any class that he faces. So it'd be really interesting to see how he goes. But in terms of punting, uh, no, no, I, he's, he's gone a bit short for me now. Well, I think that that was the thing for me was both him and Rosner were the guys that, although they haven't played here, they have got the wins in the Middle Eastern area, which was key for me that they could improve uh, improve their chances. Mm. But we'll go over to the American American Express now. It's about about a hundred different names this tournament, isn't it? It's the uh, the Career Builder, the uh, Humana Challenge, the Bob Hope. I think everyone sort of remembers Bill, Haas, Bill Haas, Bob Hope, basically. Bill Haas, Bob Hope. Yeah, he's had a few wins here. I don't think he'll be winning this week, but you know, we can get <laughs> on to that in a minute. Um, I have very fond memories of watching Patrick Reed win here because I tipped him up back in the, back in the day when I was actually writing rather than talking nonsense. Um, I think he was twenty eight to one, uh, twenty eight under par that week, which is uh, pretty impressive. I think it was actually the tournament record apart from Durant when it was five rounds of 90 holes or whatever it was. Um, 
it's it's one of those tournaments I find very hard to get on board with any favourites. I think it's such a, a wide open event where long shots generally do prosper. Um, I know John Rahm won it a couple of years ago, obviously, uh, 2018. Um, and Bill Huss and Patrick Reed wouldn't have been way down the field. I think Patrick Reed was a decent price the week he won. Um, and, and yeah, I just to me, I mean, we'll go through them in a sec, the favourites, but for, for you guys, is it, you know, Sam, I'll come to you first. Is this an event where you think you can sort of try out a long shot, a hundreds one or bigger? Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is one of those events, you know, obviously there's you've got some big names, you know, towards the top. I mean, Ram, Ram pulling out was, was, was good news for outsider backers, I think. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, even, you, you know, you've got your, you know, your Cantlays and your, your Kepkas or whatever up there. But it's definitely one of those events where you can see where you can see a long shot winning. And, and the last few years are testament to that, you know, sort of Landry was there. Adam Long was a couple of years back, wasn't it? You know, these, these are, you know, these are, these are triple figure shots. And, and, and I expect, I expect the same this week, to be honest. Yeah. And you, you mentioned Patrick Cantlay there and he is the favorite this week, Jason. And I've, I've given Patrick Cantlay my fair yeah. amount of stick on here, haven't I? Um, kind of basically saying that I'd rather see him do it uh, more often uh, and then I read a, a stat earlier, I can't remember if it's 32 events or something like that, but basically he's, he's won twice and only missed one cut in that in that period of time, um, you know, in between his two wins. So he's incredibly consistent. You can see why he's a favourite here, but I won't be going anywhere near about 14 to 1. No, nor me. Um, I mean, the, the, the course and the history dictates that, you know, Tita Green and Patty Average are the, are, are, I mean, Tita Green is huge. You can't be long... Um, certainly not over the uh, Pete Dye course. Um, you know, I think we discussed it just before we went on there. I think it's about 270 yards. You start hitting drivers. So otherwise you end up in bunkers. You end up um, playing to the wrong part of the green. Uh, it can be, it's really dangerous yeah, to approach it from the rough. There's lots of water in play. Um, the mighty Jason Duffner, and he is a mighty, <laughs> mighty player. He deserves a song about him. Um, the mighty Jason Duffner, when he won, I anybody remembers that I was on so this is clear in my head um, on the 17th which is very very similar to Sawgrass's um, Highland Green um, he ended up on the rocks the worst short game exponent on the tour in the rocks tied for the lead on 17 Samman managed to hit the ball clean hit the pin and land 18 inches away um, he had a stellar patting week that week and that just show you that you know every so often the Jordan Smiths do uh, do end up patting patting the lights out and winning um but he was known for his tee to green play um and that's exactly what i think we've got here look uh, the first name that came into my head as soon as i saw the list was scotty scheffler um it, it, i've said it for a long long time everywhere i look to see xander i see scotty scheffler um and i've been waiting for him to step forward i've, I've got a whole page a whole lucky like, page written about him 22 to 1 was just about mm, um, and now he's 16, I'm not going to bother. So, yeah, Cantley I can't back because nobody likes Cantley anyway. Um, Patty Reid, I can't back him. Brooks, who knows? Scotty Shefflin, no. Sanjay M can't putt. Tony for now, that's enough for now. Um, and there we are. Sam, you know, Sam's they, covered they, that in a song. So Yeah, they, yeah they, they, there's, your, there's your lot, you know. Um, I can't back any of them. I think for me, one of the names that I was interested to see what he did was Matthew Wolfe. Um, 25 to 1 of 8 places I, I can't get there just because again he's another person 
I think he's just as likely to win a bloody major as he is to win this sort of event. Um, he's so volatile, it's it's ridiculous. Um, he very much relies on, you know, 350 yards off the tee. Um, he likes to obviously the Bryson type courses. Um, it should he should be able to make a mockery of the course. But one thing to to focus on this week is the fact that it's not three courses and there isn't any um, pro am element to it. Um, it's down to just the two courses, which is the Pete Dye uh, Stadium course and the Nicholas Tournament course. So we haven't got La Quinta, which is where everyone sort of racks off their the lowest rounds of the week. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. There's obviously three rounds now at a Pete Dye track as opposed to uh, just the two. Um, did that change your line of thinking at all, Sam, when you approached this? Yeah, I mean, I've not dug too deep on, on that in terms of the, the, the courses and who kind of plays plays well at particular courses. I need to have a sort of deeper dive into that and kind of rule out the kind of Lakinta experts, I suppose. Um, but, uh, but it does t- change the dynamic. And, and like you say, the pro-am element, again, could could change things. I mean, <clears throat> you know, there, there are certain players and, and it's hard really to gauge this really without kind of knowing the personalities of the players like we like we might do with the kind of European tour players. We kind of feel like we're kind of closer to them in terms of what players are you know, we're going to resp- respond well to that kind of pro-am element. Um, you know, I don't know much about the character of someone like Andrew Landry and, and you know, whether he, you know, w- whether that was part of the reason that he, you know, won, won, obviously won previously to this, but, you know, maybe he feels sort of more at ease when you have that, you know, that pro-am element and, uh, and you know, the pressure is, is lowered. It's hard to, it's hard to gauge that, that factor and whether or not that we'll see a different type of leaderboard because of that. Yeah, I think you're, you're spot on there. Like Jason says a couple of times, you know, it, we can make our best guesses at it, but it's impossible to know without someone coming out and saying it outright. That's, you know, you are just second guessing people, aren't you? And and like you say there, it's you know you do have to take a bit of a deeper dive to see who's made their uh, made their scores at the Quinter course as well. Um, to me, I think I generally am down further down the bottom of the market for most of my picks. Russell Henley was the one that that kind of caught my eye. Um, you know, he's just, he's been in phenomenal form and it was a bit like Harris English at the tail end of last year. It looked like he was going to come back. Jason, though, you go back to the CJ Cup that he should have won when he was in front. Um, but look, he's had good form at the the Travellers, which is obviously a Pete Dye course. He's had, uh, he's won the Honda, which is a Nicholas course, and that's obviously on the road to this week as well. Um, I just, he's a phenomenal talent. His ball striking is absolutely superb. I mean, T to Green, he's you know one of the best on tour at the moment. It's just a case of can you sit well? He is actually over the last 15 weeks, according to tour tips, he is first in the field for T to Green. So he's 18th, 14th, first, 17th, 21st, and seventh in his last few events. So you know the actual ball striking is there, and and putting was something we used to associate with Russell Henley, wasn't it, earlier in his career? Um, and that's what he really struggled with at the, tail, at the tail end of the last couple of years. And then he's kind of got that back now. Um, and I think there's big things coming for him. Yeah, I, I think he, he was I think he's fourth of of this field in 2020 to green ranking. So you're right, he's just behind the likes of Scheffler, uh, Finau, and Cantley. Um, so yeah, he's right up there. And, and we know Russell Henley. We know exactly what he's going to do. Um, look, he's 33 to one. If we we don't fancy the top four, and, and we probably don't um, motivate. I can't see. I, going back to Wolf, I can't see how. Um, uh, you know, the stadium course is going to suit him in the slightest. But anyway, um, surprised that Henley's missed the cut here three times and has only got a top 50 when he actually made the cut. A little bit surprising, really. 
um, given his tee to green uh, performances. Played well last week, um, but he does seem to play well. And it, it, that, that CJ Cup does still stick in my mind. Um, I thought he was poor in front, very pedestrian. Um, so, yeah, fully respect the, the figures give him a chance. Um, he's not for me this week. Um, that's really summing him up yeah yeah i mean it was again it was he was just the one of the the, the guys that i thought of if i was going to go to anyone but like you say there i mean he's had the 49th and two miscut to suggest that he just doesn't like playing here for whatever reason he finds himself in too much water whether it was because when he was playing it before his ball striking wasn't the strongest part of his game and it was his putting you know there's different elements to it um sam what's the what's the shortest price player you've looked at this week Actually, the shortest one that, that that I'm interested in would be Aaron Wise, uh, yeah. 66s. Um, I mean, he's you know this is someone who's obviously you know still very young player, but you know he's already won on tour. He's kind of been through already a kind of a bit of a, a sort of slump in form, but has come out you know come out the other end of it. And you know we saw towards the end of last year, you know some some fantastic performances. Obviously, he was second at you know Mayakoba. Even before that, I had a couple, you know, a couple of decent finishes. He definitely seems like he's just rounding into form. You know, he's he's from this part of the world. He's, you know, missed a couple of last few years, but that's during the time that he's really been out of form. You know, and he's 17th in 2018. Yeah, I, I, I think I think he'll I think he'll have a good week. Yeah, I mean, we you, you put a I think it was yourself that put a tweet out to say that you know who did you expect to go well in 2021? Who's going to have a big year outside of? I can't remember if it was outside the top hundred or whatever it was. Yeah. And Aaron Wise was the name that I put in there. I mean, I backed him at the Maya Cobra, and unfortunately, he just he only got beat there. It wasn't a case of he threw it away. Um, I think he he's someone that he did. He just dropped off the face of the earth. I mean, he was rookie of the year, excellent. He looked like he was going to be here for a long time. And and this is the thing, right? With we crown these people quite early on and, and then they do struggle and, and he's really struggled to get back into his game. But if you just look at, you know, he's just over the last few months, I mean, he's been exceptional again and maybe back to his former self. I mean, the two times he's made the cut, he's been inside the top 17 for T to green. Um, like you say here, he's played here four times and he's had that uh, 17th place finish and I think it was 34th as well. So he can obviously get around these courses and, and I'm a massive fan of his. So, He's certainly someone that appeals at that price range, and I, I couldn't really argue with that. Jason, any thoughts? Um, can't argue. You know, we were on, weren't we? Um, a few weeks ago, however many weeks ago it was. You know, they're, they're all blended into one now, aren't they? Yeah, um, we've been locked down for all of them, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, we were, we were on at uh, Mayakoba. Yeah, what, what more could you ask him to do, really? Um, possibly hole one at 17 or 18. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, I, I, I can't argue with Sam. He, he's... He's, he's a very fair price. Um, you, you had one, Jason, around this price range that you wanted to talk about? Um, I just want to go back first and say, damn, Kevin Nah, because he was absolutely my number one pick for this. Um, and then he decided, or he decided, Brendan Steele decided to let him in and win yesterday. So Sam's thing about backing back-to-back back is, is really hard, despite the fact that I think Nah's just got an unbelievable chance. He just he doesn't back up a win with a with a strong performance. Damn that man. Um, but anyway, um, we talk about Adam Hadwin, yeah. Yeah, you can talk about him. Yeah, yeah. Is that who we were talking about? <laughs> well, I thought you were going to go back to Kevin Nar first, and now you've done that, so you can go to I, Hadwin. I've done Nar, and I, I just think it, it, you know, it's the back to back thing, isn't it? It's I, just, I still think thirty three to one is unbelievably fair. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, Adam Hadwin. I mean, what more do you want in a player that loves a course? Um, 
you know, look for yourself at his course form. It's it's pretty unbelievable. You know, six two three two. Uh, although we said that about Rory over the other side, um, Hadwin just turns up here, doesn't he? Um, what else we got about Hadwin? Um, he's also got uh, form in relevant places that I can't find now because I've lost me lost my sheet, which is the danger of putting it on a four pad and not on you're a computer. You're gonna have to put it on a computer. You've got to get into the twenty first century. This is, we all have tooltips.com for this reason, so you can have it up on the screen. You don't have to use pen and paper anymore. No, and I, I, I know I, you're I, old, no. but seriously. So, so co- cover for me while I find it. Yeah. Sam, have you got any more picks around this prone trade, Aaron Wise, as well? <laughs> what, uh, what, what, what price range? What's the upper limit to the Wait, what, price range? Uh, well, you can just go for your next pick. That's absolutely fine. Okay, well, the other one I'm, I'm interested in uh, is Charlie Hoffman. Um, yeah. <clears throat> sort of a bit like, I suppose, a bit like uh, my sort of Abu Dhabi pick of Jamie Donaldson. You know, this is a player who, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, was, was very good. You know, very good ball striker. You know, knows how to win. Hasn't done much the last couple of seasons, but you know there were definitely positive signs. You know last week uh, the Sony and and again he's you know he's a local boy here. Um, you know he's uh, last year I was looking at I think he shot a 60, 63 on the uh, on the Nicholas course. Um, I know there's only the one round on that one, but um, I think uh, I think he's one. You know he's he's like ninety to one uh, best price at the moment. But I think um, I think he could be he could be a lively one. The thing for me with Charlie Hoffman is he struck me as the perfect guy for this type of event. Even you know mainly even when the other guys were there, I think he's the type of person that likes to entertain a pro am group. Um, yeah. I think he's quite happy just to plod around these courses and, and shoot low numbers. You know he's going to be there on a Thursday and Friday shooting some sort of ridiculous score like he does in the Masters. Um, I sort of liken it to this time of year because he likes Phoenix as well. And yeah, like you say, he shot 63 last year and he has he started to round into some form. He was someone that I kind of picked up in the in the current form um, area just because he had that 14th place at Sony Open. And just before Christmas, he mm. had the RSM, he had 23rd, didn't he? 29th at the Houston Open before that, 6th at the Sandersons. He's had, you know, a lot of decent results recently and he's the type that once he gets in the hunt, he can win, can't he? Yeah, that's right. And his, you know, his, you know, his, his uh, strokes, strokes gained uh, stats last week. Tita Green, pretty, you know, pretty solid um, as well. So, you know, I think there's quite a lot to to like about him uh, at the price. Like I say, almost in a way, it's a shame that there's, there's not the usual pro am format because that that could be, a, you know, that could be an extra kind of an extra reason to, to, to back him ordinarily in this, in this type of event, because he is that kind of personality you think would sort of thrive uh, under that. But um, yeah, but I still, yeah, I still think he'll, uh, I still think he'll go well. I can't remember what year it was that he cut his hair and that would be, that would be an impact for me because if it, if it was, you know, since he's won, I don't know if it's a bit like the guy that it's Samson that loses his power when he cuts his hair <laughs> because, you know, 2016 was his last win and I always associate him with that really curly hair out the top of his, out the back of his hat. Um, right. And he and he's lost that. And uh, you know, I don't think that's a reason not to bet him because you know, that's uh, that's not a strokes gain statistic, is it? Cut hair, but you know, you've <laughs> got you've got to find an angle. That's why Toby won't do it. Yeah. No, exactly. But that's the thing. He's been brilliant ever since he grew his hair. He was awful when he had short, you know, teenage boy hair, Tommy Fleetwood. So, you know, who knows? Jason, have you got your train of thought back yet? No, uh, well, I haven't. No, so we'll move on. I don't know where I was with him. But anyway, he, like, calls, calls for me. He, he, look, Hadwin is one you, you can't really predict. But when he, he plays well here, having come off mid-30s, mid-60s finishes. Um, so he clearly loves it. Uh, it doesn't appear that he's particularly La Quinta biased. Um, 
and clearly his game suits here for what you know for whatever reason that I can't find. Um, Would you be worried that he hasn't? Played so far this year, as opposed yeah, to the other yes, guys. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Of course you would. Plus, you, you know, but then you could. I can't find anything. But then you'd look back and say, okay, the miscuts at the end of last year. Maybe he's trying to recover from those. Find something. We, we, you know, unless we see it, we, you know, we don't know, Sam, do we? Um, yeah. But I, I think, take, you know, taking a chance on a man that clearly loves coming here and and doesn't have to run into form um, to be here um, and perform. Uh, the price, I thought, he was he was just about. Worth. I, mean, I don't think it's a giveaway, 60, to be honest with you. I think Nars better value at 33. But it, he was definitely worth worth putting in. Yeah, well, the thing that bothered me about him was that he's been generally 150, 200 to 1 or whatever, yeah. um, and he's been knocked right down to 60 to 1, albeit because of his course form, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and we, you know, there's always a long debate, isn't it? We've had it before where is it how relevant is course on versus current form etc um during that period of time he was very solid for a couple of years wasn't he he was, he was an excellent player that was pretty steady um and he hasn't he's been anything but that recently so you know hopefully like you say he brings a bit of the mojo comes back and, and finds himself and if he does then uh, he's going to be go I've, I've got a plenty of sort of people to talk about in this kind of range i mean sep stracker was one that kind of stuck out to me uh, we talk about t green merchants he's He's absolutely one of those. Um, again, bit of a team no putt decision. But last week in Sony Open, he was 69 opening round and then went 66, 66, 65. Uh, he had a tied fifth finish at the Houston Open, uh, tied 21st in Bermuda, 14th for the Safeway as well. So he's had some steady results this, uh, this season already. Um, and just when you look at where he succeeds, I mean, he won the KC Golf Classic on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is a Nicholas design. They're obviously playing on Nicholas Tournament course. He was fourth in this event last year. Um, and and that was enough on its own, really, just to, to catch my eye. And like he was last week at the Sony Open, he opened with a 69 and then had 65, 66s over the weekend. So there's there's plenty to like about him. If you know if you want to look down the Pete Dye uh, angle, he, he played well at the RBC Heritage last year. Uh, you know, again, Jack Nicholas designs, he's played well at the Honda Classic. He, to me, just he's someone that looks like he's gonna, you know, win at some point. It's hard to predict, like I say, you know, we crown people too often. But I'd like to think he has got the ability to win. Um, excellent ball striker. Eventually, it's all going to drop for him. And this is the sort of cause that rewards those types of people, where you wouldn't necessarily expect people to get the job done. Any yeah. thoughts, Jason? No, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I think you, Sam made a perfectly good point and you, you backed it up with, with a good performance last week. Sony, form, for obvious reasons, um, appears in a lot of placed players over the last four or five years here. Um, so it may well be that last week is is extremely significant. So, yeah, I, I thought there was another player that you'd pick that played well last week. I think that you were on last week as well. Um, that has actually just really struck out to me and, and I'm going to add him on. Um, but yeah, look, look, there's there's a number of them that look to be appearing into top form, and yeah, you know, I'll go along with you. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, like I say, he was one of them. Doc Redman was one of the guys around there as well. I talked about him being um, one to watch this year. I think he's got a lot to offer. I don't know if this is quite his event or whether he prefers it to get a little bit tougher because of his, you know, ball striking prowess standing out. Um, yeah, there's, there's just a huge amount of names. The other one I wanted to get to is Wyndham Clark. Um, mm. I certainly think he's, you know, 
capable of winning anytime soon. Uh, Sam, I know you're a fan as well, and he certainly looks like he's ready to do so. He's second in Bermuda, uh, where he lost to Brian Gay in that playoff, 23rd at the RSM. And this just strikes me as a sort of event where he can get it done. I know that there's obviously question marks around him, um, but to me, he just stands out as a very talented player that's probably surprised it's taken him this long to get a victory. When you, I've watched a, a podcast with him on the uh, the Subpar podcast, and he, he he said it caught him out. He did expect to win a lot sooner. He's an Oklahoma State, you know, Oregon guy as well. So there's there's plenty to like about him, and, and I think this might be somewhere he can break through. Sam, I don't know if you uh, got oh. anything to add on that. And he's also got you mentioned earlier on the the, the Nicholas course links and he 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 came really close at the honda didn't he a few a couple of years he has yeah yeah absolutely yeah. he's had two top 11s there so yeah so i yeah i, I yeah he was definitely he was definitely one that the that, that was that interested me uh as well this week uh well generally this season i mean you mentioned that the the, the post up on on twitter before christmas about you know uh who you know how who we expected to go well in in, in 2021, though, no, after after Christmas, I should say. And you, yeah, you mentioned Aaron Weiss. He was the player, actually, probably the, the most people mentioned him in Molinari. Um, but yeah, Wyndham Clark was the one that I that, that I mentioned, and I think he'll have a good se- I think he'll have a good season. And there's no reason why he can't he couldn't win this week. You know, 125 to one for the most part. There's 151, 150 to one available. Um, you know, the only the only small question mark, again, the same as Hadwin, is the fact that it's his first start of the year. Um, but, you know, uh, at that kind of price, might might be worth a chance. Yeah, I mean, when he was tied 18th here in 2019, he had played in the Sony Open and missed the cut. So there is there is obviously that eminence to it because he missed the cut here last year after not playing that Sony Open the week before. So mm. there is a little bit of concern there. But I just wonder if because he had that sort of form going into the break, it... It maybe sort of gave him that freedom to not have to play. Maybe the Sony Open doesn't suit. It certainly isn't the sort of game that you sort of associate with him. Um, yeah. Another name that I was kind of interested in is someone that he had a you know had a comeback win, if you like, um, at the 3M Open last year. And he's he's kind of when you look back at his form over the last three or four years now, he's actually a lot more consistently than I than I attribute to him. That's Michael Thompson. Um, he was tied 25th in the Sony Open. Last week, tied 21 in tournament champions, which is pretty average, but middle of the park. Um, but he was 15th in the Houston Open. He won, obviously, that 3M that we just alluded to. Eighth for the RBC Heritage. And when you when you go sort of down his best results, you know, on the ODWR, he's someone that played really well in the early part of his career. Um, obviously, had that win at the Honda Classic 2013, second in the US Open. Um, but then when you start to look, there's a lot of sort of appearances in 2019 and 2020 is some of his best you know best finishes and it looks to me that he's a kind of a player jason that's getting back to whatever his best is i, don't, I still don't think he's a he's an elite player by any means i don't think that he's you know gonna get you know i think it's someone like brendan todd's won multiple times i don't see why he can't but he doesn't strike me as that type of player but i certainly think he can pick up a win uh, on the season this might be somewhere he can do it yeah, Ian's favourite player, I think, Michael Thompson. <laughs> Ian SBI's favourite player. He's always putting him up at three figures. Yeah, look, it, it, it's another one. And, and I absolutely agree with you. No reason why he can't do something special. And it probably does look a little bit too big, to be honest with you, at that price. Well, the, the other thing that caught my eye was that he had the ninth here a couple of years ago mm. when he wasn't back in the form that he has been in now. And 
and that's sort of struck me i think there's a lot of confidence and and you said it at the start this is a confidence course and a confidence event you know over two or three courses whatever it may be um it's i don't think there's anything i don't think there's any one player that can particularly be ruled out here like you said people have to lay back their drivers so i don't think bombers necessarily win here although they can club down and that does favor them but to me, it's just if you're playing golf, you've got a great chance here. And, you know, with that one less variable of a different course not on there, um, it caught, caught my eye. So, I mean, I've got probably three or four other guys in the, in the 100 to 1 range that I want to mention. So, Sam, have you got any others that you want to go on to? I'm just going to give one more name because, like you mentioned, there's so many people that, 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 that sort of, you know, that appeal this week, I think, at, at triple figure prices. There are almost too many to name. So, I'm just going to throw out a massive outsider. <laughs> uh, which is a uh, 500 to one shot, Chris Bates. Okay. Um, and my main driver behind this, uh, I'm sure there's something you, you, you will have alluded to uh, on the podcast before, Nappy Factor. So he recently had a kid, uh, I saw on his Instagram a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. Um, and he's he's a player I've kind of sort of been been monitoring over the last last couple of years, generally, because he seems like he's a you know a really good ball striker generally. Uh, he seems like someone who could, you know, uh, could do something just out of the blue, a bit like, uh, you know, Adam Long did, you know, a couple of years ago. No one really kind of knew who he was. And then, you know, I don't know what price he was when he when he won this. I'm imagining probably uh, at least 200 to one. Uh, mm. And I think, you know, he could he he's, he could do the same sort of thing. Uh, this this type of event is this, the sort of event that, that would that could throw up that kind of, you know, huge outsider um so he's he's my he's my one might be worth a each way bet you know with a you know eight places on offer could could turn in a tie for type for, type for seventh or something i'm sure you'll like the uh the, there'll be a thousands one on betfair available for for someone of his ilk as well won't there so it'd be worth uh, throwing a couple of shillings that way um look like we we say every week if there's any one thing that you like about a player in triple digits then they're just worth a go aren't they because you'll only have you know regrets if you don't back them um i don't think you can sit there and back 10 outsiders in the hope that you you know you you like one but if you've got two or three guys that you're pretty keen on um certainly you want to fill them in jason have you got any others around this prize range 101 uh, or bigger well, I, I, I thought martin laird was worth a mention yeah um you know held his nerve fantastic when winning the shriners and there is convoluted connected form if you want to go to a couple of the shriners finishes um so, yeah, I thought he held his form really well. We obviously, you know, the come down from that the next couple um, and then played perfectly reasonably well at the Tournament of Champions when, when totally outclassed. You know, 70 was his, his worst round. His figures were great. Um, I know, obviously, it's a limited field, um, but his figures were fantastic at the Shriners. They were great at the Tournament of Champions. He has got that top 10 back in 2017. Um, but even when he's missed the cut, he still hit... You know, I know we've got Lakinta, but you know we've still got half reasonable rounds. Um, it, I just thought, you know, the price. What is he? One hundred and fifty, in it or something? Yeah, about that range. Yeah. I, I just thought for somebody that's won sort of a month ago, um, and didn't disgrace himself in top class competition, I thought that was a bit too big, really, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, Martin Laird. Um, I think Landry. Uh, you just put in again there are various reasons for landry but i mean you know course form is one um and two two one of them or another two actually that um two i thought you'd put in one is tom hoagie who again played really well last week there, there may well be a connection from last week to this i think obviously i'll let you know sunday at about 10 30 at night um 
Oh, sorry, he missed the cut last week, didn't he? Hit first round 65. Uh, played with Mayakoba. Um, has got a six here, 2020. You alluded last week that you think it's the Sony was the sort of tournament that, you know, he could put his way to and, and fall over the line. Um, as you say, he's got plenty of decent finishes on the card. Around 90, 100 to one, I thought he was worth doing. Peter Manati, who I wanted to back last week and for some reason didn't, started off absolutely flying. Second round went plus six, did he, I think, through his first few holes and turned, turned the round round and uh, eventually went under par for his second round. Played well until the weekend. He is the best putter on the tour, believe it or not. Um, I think he, he ranks third in 2021. Um, and, and he was he was high. But he was high up for an awful lot of the year. He's a fantastic putter. And again, you know, if you can condition your long game to the course, you know, if it turns into a putting competition and putting average does count here. Um, I think you've got uh, putting average 2020, three of the top five in the putting average field, the first four, 2019, first, fifth and seventh field, the first six places, et cetera, et cetera. So Magnart is a demon with a putter, stupid hat, but you know, what can you do? Um, <laughs> Can't have it all. No. And, and one that I thought you'd put up at slightly shorter, be the last one I mentioned is Patton Kizaya. Who, um, yeah, I was tempted. Uh, I must be honest, is more and more appealing as we do this podcast. Um, played fantastic last week, but the real eye catcher for anybody playing final round or final round two balls is his last load of Sunday rounds. Um, working backwards, he's got two 64s, 66, 68, 69, 68. Um, he's got one round over 69 in his last 10, I think, Sunday rounds. Um, includes the Wyndham and the 3M when he was out of it. Um, so he's definitely one to look at for Sunday match bets or, or you know, if he was close enough, maybe trading on, on the machine. Um, but he looks definitely as though he's rounding rounding into form and um, doesn't got a lot round here, but I think we've agreed that you can come from nowhere around here. Um, and with these sort of the top lot, very unappealing at their price. And some of them that, you know, you were a bit dubious for, I thought, you know, he looks as though he's rounding into top 10 form regular. And as we know, the difference between a top 10 and a first or second is minute, isn't it? It's a three foot putt every round. Yeah. I think the thing with me with Kazara is there was enough to suggest that he doesn't like uh, the courses. Mm. The one thing I would say is is we what we don't know is whether he just hates the format. He might not like the the length of time the rounds are with with the other amateur guys, and and I think that's the thing now is if you know I don't think we're going to go back to this. I think as soon as things can go back to normal, that's a free course set up anyway. So what happens this year might be irrelevant to future years. But I think we'll find out this year who generally just likes the setup and, and maybe just gets fed up of the format because there's a lot of guys, I mean, they put up a, a tweet about the fact that the Pebble Beach didn't have any amateurs uh, coming up and the amount of golfers that just seemed delighted by the fact they weren't going to have to deal with six-hour rounds. I mean, they don't they don't want to do it, do they? They just don't, they just, they had enough of it. I mean, some guys, I mean, Kevin Strillman, who we've had on, is obviously yeah, happy to spend, he spends to have, ten, yeah, and he's happy to have 10 hours with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, playing golf but there's others that will get stuck with some corporate ceo uh, that has absolutely no interest uh whatsoever so it it's what it's gonna be interesting to see if there's someone that's like a, a pattern gazaya he's had all these average results if he suddenly had a good result that would suggest to me that it's it is the the format as opposed to the setup uh two people here that are, are going to mention that i thought one of them i thought especially you'd be interested in jason was matthew naismith 
Um, I thought he's a guy that you've obviously talked about quite a lot. He was 17th last year on debut. Um, and he's been in relatively decent form. I know he missed the cut last week, but he was 17th, 8th and 15th before the break. Um, his tees green numbers have been pretty impressive. He's a 15th, 22nd and 8th um, in his last sort of five events. Three, uh, those are the three that he made the cut in. I just thought he might have made some appeals to you at 125 to 1. But again, he always seems to be in this sort of same price range without actually improving. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's going forward at the moment. But, you know, this event can, can do it any time. The reason it wasn't is because I've pissed off Austin Cook, who was my <laughs> rag of the week. And I can't believe that I've missed him off. But um, that's the reason that I didn't look at anybody else um, around that figure. Um, so sorry. But Naismith, yeah, was interested a couple of times last year, weren't we? Um, didn't really get on with it. And uh, I, I personally want to see a little bit more. Um but Austin Cook is definitely of interest at, at, at 200 to 1. Um, obviously, he's got the RSM form, which does link in here. He's got a tied 14th here. Um, going back in 2018, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sweet on him, actually, this week. He's a great putter uh, when he's right. Uh, and I just thought 200 has looked double the price he should be. Um, the Shriners, again, he's second at the Shriners. Um that form, like I said, does link in if you if you want to be, get a bit convoluted, but there are plenty of place form over there and over here. Um, so yeah, he was he was one that that I was quite interested in at a very big price. The thing with him that there is enough about him to suggest that he'd have a chance, and he's two hundred to one. Whereas as we've just spoken to Matthew Neesmith, who isn't an improving player by any means, is half that price. And mm. I don't know if it's because Cook's been around long enough and people have seen him not win that. That, that puts me I just I don't sometimes I look at prices and I don't really understand it you know you look at guys I generally think have got absolutely no chance of winning and they're they're hundreds and then you look at guys where you think okay they've they've got potential they've they've won recently they've won on similar courses and they're down the 200s I think once it gets to this kind of uh, this price range I think a lot of it's on popularity and the type of players that that uh, garner some bets each week and obviously Matthew Neesmith someone that I think rates out particularly well in models and things like that the other one I was going to say um, just is Hudson Swafford. He's um, a former winner of this event. And when you look at his um, performances, he just generally repeats them all the time. Um, you know, he's had three great finishes at the Sony Open. Uh, he's had two brilliant finishes at Bay Hill. Um, no, four good finishes at Sony Open. And he just generally goes back to the well in places that he plays well. He won this in 2017. Uh, he beat Adam Hadwin in one of those uh, great performances that he had. Um, and after being in the doldrums, you know, he won the Corrales. Uh, he finished, and that was ahead of, was that Adam Long that he beat that week? I can't remember. Yeah, no, it was Tyler mm. McCumbry beat that week, and Mackenzie Hughes was the guy I was trying to think of. And Adam Long was there. He chucked himself away with a 75. So that was that was a week where he won. Then he went right off the boil again before Christmas. And then just he spent the last two weeks in Hawaii, Finished 35th out of 42 in the tournament championship, so there was nothing to, to really get excited about there. Um, but then obviously had a 25th place finish last week. Never never shot over 68 last week. Started with a 65, finished with a 66. Um, statistically, he'll never jump off the page because he doesn't. He's not consistent. He's not a type of player. Um, but yeah, he, he certainly strikes me as someone that could come back. 
Uh, two more just before we let Sam get out of here because he needs to rest his singing voice for uh, his next uh, track. Um, th- these are potential players now, and it's someone that, that Skyler was talking about on on his show. Was uh, Harry Hall, the Englishman, has been playing some really good stuff on the Corn Ferry Tour, um, and he played. He finished fifteenth in the Alfred Dunhill when he played that. But you know, his last two starts on the Corn Ferry were eighth and sixth. There's no reason why he couldn't play well here. And a guy that I've alluded to a couple of times is Akshay Batia. I think at some point he's going to have. Mm. I yeah, mean, absolutely. He, yeah. he, there is a, he's a very tall drink of water. There's nothing of him, is there? He's, he's the he's the slenderest person I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but he he moves the ball out there. Um, maybe came out just a bit too early. I think he was he turned pro at 17, didn't he? So um, I think those sort of earlier miscuts in his career were just a case of he needs to get used to being a professional um and then he had a i think it was a top five or top nine finished earlier on in the season at some point it's going to come good you don't get contracts and and you know things at that early age if you're not any good do sam and i think that there will be something to look forward to from him he, he strikes me as one of those players who's just on and you know could very well be this week who's just gonna you know turn in a really good finish like you know top five and then he's going to go from overnight from being regularly kind of 300, 400 to one to being like you know half that if if maybe maybe even less, uh, and that'll be the end of the end of those uh, those huge prices because it's almost like people don't quite realise his talent quite yet, but is yeah it will it will it will happen soon I'm sure. And that, and that's the thing, Jason, that we speak about. There's guys that I think there's I always say about people trying to chase someone's first win, and when that go when they keep come, tumbling down to hundreds one, eighties one, sixties one, right down to thirty to one sometimes with people, you know, I won't mention the name, but there's a guy that has still hasn't won that's always very low in the betting. When you're backing guys at three hundred to one to try and get their first win, you're not really losing much, are you? I know obviously you're staking on them, but you know you know, you're not expecting anything. If they can sneak up into the top ten and give yourself a chance on a Sunday, it's certainly worth following along. I mean, he had that tied ninth finish at the Safeway earlier on in the season, made the cut of the Maya Cobra, okay, didn't do much with it, finished tied 52nd. But, you know, you look at the person that you finished right next to, Will Zalatoris, is someone that gets talked about all the time. Um, you know, it's, he has an awful lot of ability. It's just a case of when he's going to make it happen. Yeah, it, I think the day, you, you're always worried about missing them, aren't they? Aren't you? Mm. As Sam says, you know, they play well and they get 12th. You've got nothing out of it. They go 12th, 15th or something, and that's it, isn't it? They're their 80s. Um, the Gila's the other one, isn't he? as well over yeah, there I think Gala, yeah, the yeah. Gala, yeah he's he's the other one that um at some point but then you know how many times do we say this you know i mean they they are showing something but we say it you know over in europe i've been saying it about you know um jackson bra for for a long time i'm waiting for him to 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 really show the the class that he's got um you just hope they do but as you rightly say at 300 to one or or he's probably going to be what 500 600 on on the machine yeah. for a few quid does it really matter you know you're not asking for a lot are you to you, just, you just know he's good enough don't you you know he he has the talent um talking to people you know john augustine's making his first uh professional appearance here as well so there's there's loads of guys with a lot of potential and to me what makes this event i think very interesting to bet on is the fact that i think literally there's probably 50 60 players that can win um, and i wouldn't be surprised by it it just makes it very, very difficult to narrow down your choices. And 
and it's not like uh, the other event, Abu Dhabi, where you've got a couple of guys from the top that you're, you're pretty sweet on, and then one outsider. Um, there, I mean, it's a very scattergun approach on this event. Um, and to be honest, I, I find it hard to even, to, you know, even though I'm recording now, to even finalise my pick. So um, we'll go back to the Abu Dhabi um, event and just summarise our picks there. I'll go first, just in case you need to shuffle your papers around, Jason, because I know you're. Uh, you like to make notes on that. Um, so I started off the betting with Victor Perez, followed closely by Martin Keimer, uh, Jordan Smith, and Francesco Laporta. Sam, if you just want to summarise your picks on there. Yeah, so for me, it's just Bern Wiesberger uh, and Jamie Donaldson. Yeah, absolutely. And Jason, those on, on that pick for you? Uh, Westwood, uh, Confident Sullivan, and uh, Jordan Smith as well. The, the English trio. And then we go over to the American Express. Um, and, and it was a, a very scattergun approach for me. I've kind of even maybe even lost track. I didn't even mention Adam Long, who, Sam, I know you're uh, quite friendly with on Twitter, and he's an excellent player. One here beat Phil Mickelson. He was one that I kind of looked at. Yeah. But I think for me, uh, it was Sepp Stracker was one that I want to, to get on board with. I'm very keen on him. And Wyndham Clark are my two definites. And then I think there's a couple of other guys that I've mentioned that I, I will look at later on in the week. Sam, you want to confirm your picks as well? Yeah, so for me, Aaron Wise, uh, who I mentioned earlier on, uh, Wyndham Clark, I've joined, joined you on on that one, and Chris Baker, and I'm just going to have to put an editorial note on that. He, he is not an happy factor. He hasn't had a baby. Uh, he's just got engaged, and for some reason, that I don't know why I put them in the same bracket, but I guess it's that kind of, you know, you're at peace in your kind of personal life, maybe, and you're just, you know, uh, you get a sort of bump from that. That The same theory applies, but yeah. No. I think I think with it, you know, he's a, he's a name that's kind of come around a little bit because I think he's got a ball striking prowess, hasn't he, Chris Baker? And I think it's something that, like you say, okay, it wasn't the nappy factor, but anything that, like me and Jason say, pretty much every week, any time you've got something, any sort of positive that you can look at, it might be that they're they're from the area, it might be that they like playing in the wind, it might be they went to college there, whatever. Um, if there's any sort of positive on them. Um, then it's worth backing them, and, and certainly at 501, you're not going to do yourself any harm getting on board there. So certainly yep. be back in, uh, uh, looking forward to Chris Baker having a good week. Jason, a summary of your picks there for me. Very difficult, uh, <laughs> definite, but they'll be they'll be very small. Um, I, I will back Kevin Nair again, even though I know the rule we can't win twice. Uh, Peter Monati, Martin Laird, Austin Cook, uh, and question marks against about four others. Which, if they go big enough, I'll do on the machine. Um, yeah, I think I think for me, for definitely for this event, it's going to be one that I might put some bets out later on in the week on Twitter. Um, certainly, if anyone wants to to speak to us on there, we can we can sort of go through some of those with you. But it that to me, there's just so many different options, um, and certainly somewhere to uh, keep an eye on. Um, but I'm very very keen to get started on the European tour this week. Uh, the Abu Dhabi Championship is a good event. I will put a selfless plug into the new show again. Um, is the European Tour Picks and Bets show on the, the Mayo Network, Mayo Media Network. I can't even get the uh, the story out. Um, so that'll be a YouTube show where I've actually got a show off my face, which is a strange experience for me. I do wear a hat because I'm balding, so that's got to cover that up. Um, Sam, if you give us a plug on your YouTube channel, I can confirm it does. It is what you thought of earlier. So if you can just repeat that for us. That's right, yeah. So YouTube.com <laughs> forward slash Sam Harrop Music. 
Excellent. Thank you very much, Sam. We look forward, obviously, today you've released the Lucas Glover song. Um, if for some reason you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to Sam's other songs, um, you know, there's there's plenty on there that, you know, really will lift the spirits. For me, it was personally, it was the fact that everyone was kind of at home, uh, you know, pretty despondent and down about life, really. And there was just this light relief of kind of, you had a, an Augusta Georgia song, you had a Benny Arn song where he's putting with marble eyes, you know. <laughs> Any, anything like that just can get your hopes up. I know you even did one with, with Aaron Feiner, didn't you? A PJ Tour caddy did a, a duet yeah. with him. So there, there's lots to look at on there. So certainly visit uh, Sam's YouTube page there. And Jason, you want to give yourself a plug on Twitter? Yeah, just um, I'm uh, now going to be the regular um, 54-hole columnist for the Sporting Life for the on the European Tour this year. So um, you'll have to put up with me twice a week now if you want to or not. <laughs> as the case may be. So yeah, I'm doing every week when I'm available. Um, 54 holes. Let's hope we can get another John Catlin 22 to one home. Absolutely. Sam, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure having you on and uh, thank you for bringing the music to us that you do. And Jason, thank you for joining me this week. Yeah. Cheers, Tom. Thank you for the, um, sorry about the, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> even mess. get it out. Sorry about you can't the even apologize. Yeah. No. Yeah. Thank you very much guys. And we'll uh, catch up soon.